0: You know, if you were a Jew living at the time of Christ, and you were serious about your faith, well, then there's a good chance that you might have been drawn to Phariseeism. It was a movement that called the Jewish people to live out the temple law in a rigorous, fundamental way. The Pharisees saw how people had grown irreverent and had drifted, and they worried that God's people were too close to the Gentiles that dominated them. So their response was to get as strict about the practice of the faith as possible a perfect Pharisee, was one who followed the law perfectly. And it was very appealing to many Jews. While the restrictions that being a Pharisee placed on Jewish life were enormous, there must have been a great satisfaction in knowing that they were really trying. It's sort of odd that Jesus, who is the Word of God, would have had so much negative to say about a group of people who seemed to take following the law so seriously but if you're familiar with the scriptures, then you know that Jesus was not fond of Phariseeism at all. Why? Well, the story of the man born blind from John chapter 22 gives some insight. This is a long story spanning a whole chapter of John's gospel. There's a man who's been born blind from birth and Jesus sees him. Now, Jesus must have really been looking at this guy because the disciples ask him, who sinned, this guy or his parents? See, the presumption was that the blindness was a punishment, either for the parent's sin or for the man's. And Jesus doesn't really have time for that. But instead, he replies, Neither he nor his parents sinned. It is so that the works of God might be made visible through him. We have to do the works of the one who sent me while it's day. Night is coming when no one can work. And while I am in the world, I am the light of the world." And then Jesus spat in the dirt and he made clay and he wiped it on the guy's eyes and told the blind man to go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. I mean, he literally sent the guy to the pool of scent. God plays the long game when it comes to names. The man receives his sight, a miracle. The people are amazed, but what they do next is odd. Rather than celebrating, they take the man to the Pharisees. Why? Because it was the Sabbath and good Jews were not supposed to work on the Sabbath. It's almost like the friends and neighbors of this man can't celebrate without first checking to make sure that it's okay with the Pharisees. They were so twisted in trying to obey the exacting measure of the Pharisees' interpretation that they lost all wonder at the miracle God was doing. Rather than celebrating the miracle God had worked in their midst, these people dragged the poor guy to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees begin a debate about whether the miracle is of God or not because it was not done right. That's a trap we can still fall into. As Catholics, there's so much richness. As Catholics, there's so much richness in the traditions of the Church. And in this case, when I say tradition, I'm talking about the little t traditions, customs, and personal and private devotions that are good and that can be very spiritually edifying. We're blessed with so much of that. But the danger is that we can become so involved or devoted to a particular custom or practice that we begin to see other Catholics who are not as invested in those customs as somehow less devoted than we are. Can you imagine being angry that a man was healed of blindness? It sounds crazy, and yet, there are those in the church today who wouldn't celebrate a miracle if it happened at a charismatic prayer group, or if it was given without anointing, or if it happened at a Latin mass or at a Protestant gathering. Somehow, Phariseeism still exists in the church today. Catholicism has never been about perfectly following a set of customs. We're called to so much more, Through Christ, we're called to live new lives as children of the Father. We've been given the very presence of God in the person of the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, and far too often, we want to trade all that for a good, solid set of rules we can follow. Don't get me wrong. The Church teaches without error. When it comes to matters of faith and morals, we are called to live the teachings. What the Church has prescribed for liturgy and the sacraments, we are supposed to adhere to. But God wants more than rules. He wants you to know him. He wants you to not need the rules because in love, you're already following them. God is moving. He is moving in his church and he's moving in Latin masses and in English and in Spanish. He's present in charismatic prayer meetings and he's even present at diocesan staff meetings. We know that because he told us where two or more are gathered, I will be there. We need to be ready to celebrate the work that God is doing, even when it doesn't happen the way we think it should. When people lift their voices in worship, we need to be ready to join them, and it doesn't matter if they're singing in chant, or in Latin, or in contemporary praise and worship. Want to avoid Phariseeism? Then focus more on what He's doing than what we're doing. He is moving, usually in unexpected ways, and we need to be ready to celebrate. This has been the Weekly Word from Everyday Catholic. Everyday Catholic is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we depend on the support of listeners like you. If this podcast is serving you, please consider going to everydaycatholic.com forward slash donate and making a monthly pledge.